Here's your host, Alex Garrett. Well, I know I haven't been talking about the news as much, but when it comes to trucking, when it comes to trucker envoys, when it comes to supply chain, I know who to turn to. New York Truck Stop's very own Zach Miller. Zach, welcome back once again. Hey, Alex. Always a pleasure to be on with you. We normally talk the city, but I really don't want to focus about that because I'm hearing Super Bowl Sunday is a quote-unquote freedom trucker envoy coming to the Super Bowl in L.A. What's going on? Um, I have no, I, I didn't hear anything about L.A. Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but this is, uh, this, this is really a, a big problem. Um, about, I want to say, the first or second week in January. I, you know, let's go back to 2021, actually. Um, both Canada and the U.S., um, we're talking about uh, vaccine mandates for, for those who cross borders, um, including essential workers, which truck drivers fall under the essential worker category. Um, now, in Canada, interestingly, the vaccination rate for truck drivers is incredibly high. I, I think it's around 90 percent. Um, you know, here in the U.S., it's, it's not quite as high, but it's not, you know, a, a completely terrible number either um but you know there's a lot of concern about the drivers um who who operate cross-border freight about the effect the mandates would have about you know creating labor shortages about uh increasing wait times at border crossings about um problems with supply um so there there were some very real concerns that drivers on on both sides of the border had about the mandates and zach can i go back really quick because i feel like people feel like truckers are too stubborn to listen to anything but 90 percent vaccinated i mean yeah yeah, i mean but in, in 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 trucker you know for the average onlooker of truckers who see these big burly guys riding these trucks for 18 hours i mean they're like Man, they actually follow what they've got to do, and, and and you're proving that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and 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 that's I'm, I'm glad you you saw that because that that's where this this thing is getting a little weird. Um, and then you know, there was a little bit of saber saber rattling. Canada made some changes to the mandate, but not you know they, not exactly to the extent that that many drivers wanted. Um, we know what happened with, with the U.S. vaccination mandate. So um, here we are, you know, we get to mid-January where the mandate's gonna take effect. And again, there's concern about eco- the economic impact that this is going to have on those who operate that cross-border freight. Um, and and as far as I know, the, those concerns were being relayed to the Canadian government. Um, and, and again, as far as I know, not being ignored, I think the Canadian government w- was, was taking them seriously and was gonna sort of take a wait and see approach um, you know, certainly based on the fact that the infection rates were pretty high, um, you know, around this time in, in the beginning and middle of January. Um, and then, you know, you fast forward to the last couple of weeks and all of a sudden you're seeing these these massive protests. You know, they're called trucker protests, but we are seeing a lot of um, landscapers and farmers and just people in, in pickup trucks going there. Um, to, to protest and, and these protests have really 
been incredibly disruptive um, to the communities. You know, it started in Ottawa, the Canadian capital, and, and then the move to some of these other places. Um, and it, it does seem very peculiar. I know a lot are saying it's this, you know, grassroots trucker protest. That doesn't quite seem to be the case. This, this, this seems to be a very well-coordinated effort sure. um, to cause much more disruptions than, um, you know, would be warranted from the very real and legitimate concerns over the economic impact of the mandate. And, and what we're starting to see now, you know, before we get to possibly in L.A. or, or New York or anything else, um, what we're starting to see now is, is, is these protesters just blocking the borders. Um, well, let's talk about that for a quick second, because yeah. I feel like on the right, they're praising these guys. And I'm like, didn't you hate when the BLM protesters blocked traffic? What What's the difference here? You know what I mean? I totally agree. And, and, and I think that, you know, look, both both the U.S. and Canada are, are very clear that, you know, freedom of speech and, and freedom of assembly is, is, is a protected right. But, but to your point, you know, blocking the streets, all of a sudden this becomes a real safety issue. And, you know, whether it's 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 people blocking streets or, or vehicles blocking streets and protest, um, it creates a very dangerous situation. And, and, and blocking borders, you know, we're, we're seeing a massive economic impact. And it's just like, mm -hmm. well, I was under the impression that the whole purpose of the protest was because you were concerned about the economic impact of a vaccine mandate. And now right. you're just like, well, we're just going to we're, we're going to create our own economic um, hardship for people. It's like, well, well, well this seems wrong. So, something got off the rails really quickly here with this protest. Absolutely. And, 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 and I'm not sure what groups are, are, are fully backing it. And I'm talking, you know, financial backing. But it Who is, are you it talking is, to in New York about this? Are, are truckers coming to you and saying, Zach, make sure they know this is not who truckers are slash, you know, are New, are New York truckers talking to you? It, it, it's really, you know, nothing that I've really heard from anybody is, you know, these truckers from New York are, are running to Canada to protest. I'm not saying that isn't happening, but... but well, are they disavowing it to you? Like, have they talked seen. to you about it? Are they disavowing them? Like, have you heard those comments? I, I, I think it's it's more... Um, it, I wouldn't say it's, it's a full-on disavow. I think it's more of just a sort of odd bit of curiosity... Like, what exactly is this and, and how did we go from a very real concern about a mandate to whatever this has become? Um, I was going to ask you that. Is curious. it too late yeah. to talk about it on the podcast before it snowballs or can this podcast maybe urge people to have common sense? I don't know. Or am I too late in the game with this? I, I look. I, I, I think urging common sense is always a good thing, and, and I definitely think it's important that people just, just you know, talk to each other and not at each other. Because, because again, I, I, I think that any viable concern that ha was had over the mandate is something that could be talked about, you know, calmly and respectfully between, um, you know, labor management and, and government officials. You know, I, there's just no reason for this to, to have 
become what it became. And especially in terms of truck drivers specifically, we know that they do not spread COVID at a particularly high rate. Um, they do not interact with people in large numbers. Um, and, and, you know, they are isolated in a cab for most of the time. It, and and we've, we've had this data since pretty early on in the pandemic. So it, it's not, you know, the, the, the notion, uh, the, the purpose of a vaccine mandate is, of course, to, you know, protect the public and, and vulnerable populations from the spread of COVID. Um, the truck drivers largely do not cause that spread. They're not, um, you know, they're, they're, though they're essential workers, they're not, you know, um, public facing essential workers like some of the other, uh, you know, groups of essential workers have been. So it, it, it does seem like for the public, a public safety mandate in Canada, um, to carve out truck drivers wouldn't be such an onerous lift. Now, now maybe I'm, and I sh- I'm sure I am oversimplifying things a bit. Well, I want to ask you this because when you say that, you know, I feel like maybe some truckers, and I'm not defending these guys, but the devil's advocate as well. You needed us. We, you talk about how short we were, and now you're asking us to mandate to vaccinate or fire us. And I feel like there's some frustration there, and and rightly so, but not to this point. Right, exactly, and 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 I I will just say that um, really termination was not what was on the table, as far as I understand. Um, it it was they would just they, they would have to quarantine. Now that that presents challenges. Again, you know this is what what we were talking about earlier with um, labor shortages and supply shortages. To say oh you have to quarantine anytime you cross a border if you're not vaccinated that has an impact on the driver. That has an impact on the company. Um, absolutely. But it's not a, oh my gosh, if you're not vaccinated by, you know, I think I think it was January 15th when it went into effect, you're fired. It, it, it wasn't exactly that. But still, but, but that's why the concerns that they had when all this was announced were very real and legitimate. Um, but, but this has just gotten way beyond that. And don't you think plays like GoFundMe are making it worse? I, I don't know. I feel like they're just stepping into it with this also. I don't necessarily know. I, I again, I really, and you know, GoFundMe. It's they're just a platform, and I'm very interested in the who is funding and supporting this protest, and what exactly is their agenda, mm-hmm. because I'm very confident that agenda is different from the, oh hey, this mandate probably shouldn't apply to truck drivers and this could this, this mandate could have um un, unfortunate economic uh ramifications and, and maybe we should rethink that um and so you know i'd be more curious about who exactly is funding it in mass than you know gofundme allowing it or, or not allowing it all right a couple more points i know it's, it's gotta be quick today but a, a couple more questions first of all um, here in New York, we did think there was there is a mask mandate lift, yet we're not seeing it because it doesn't. New York City hasn't uh, gone with the state. Is that about right? I think I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I know the schools are still going to have it for probably another month or, or, or so. You know, two weeks to a month. Um, you know, the subways are going to have it. For, uh, I mean, mass transit is going to have it for quite some time. But you know, in terms of New York City businesses. 
I'm not sure. I, th- I think people can go maskless now um, unless, unless the business recommend, you know, asks you to do it. Um, and by the way, know, if, if they had done this different. from the beginning, and I mean 2021, not 2020, I mean start to lift it to where it's the business's decision, we would all be happier New Yorkers because they say, yeah, finally the government's letting the business decide what to do. Yeah, and, and I think and I think we're we're certainly, if if not past it, certainly at that point where it, it just uh, it could totally be the business decision at this point. Um, you know, you know, now that we got through that last wave, and you and I can agree, I don't agree that that was the case in twenty twenty or even early twenty twenty one. About about mandate, I think the mandates had to be in place back then but now it's stale but i feel like people saying no it shouldn't have been like that all along are dead wrong what do you think i think that um it was when we were seeing that winter spike in gosh when was it i guess it was 2020 (laughs) who who knows what time even is anymore when we were seeing the winter spike before the vaccines were available um, I think probably a mask mandate was warranted, but that's a very specific case. That's not mm. a, you know, oh, let's leave it indefinitely. That's very much a, oh, there's this spike and cold weather and we don't have the vaccine. This is the best we can do right now. But once we have more tools available combined with, you know, declining numbers, yeah, you really can't. It's 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 really not in the best interest of everybody. I think for the government to say do this, don't do that. I, I think you could let the businesses make up their own minds on that. All right, uh, supply chain. I, I want to get your thoughts on that because there's this America Compete Competes Act, and actually funding toward fixing the supply chain is in it. I don't know if you've seen the bill or not, or seen stories on it, but. I, it seems like a logical bill to pass, and I know you want to talk about that for a minute. I, I would agree. I, th- I think it is very logical, and, and y- you you know it. You know we we've spoken on air about it. We've spoken off air about it. Um, you know uh, I am a huge fan of anything American manufacturing uh, that we could possibly be doing. Um, I, I think you know the, the mistakes we've made for the last 40 plus years of, of, of turning away from, from the manufacturing and industrial sectors have been just utterly devastating um, to our economy, to, to so many cities and towns across this country. And it left us extremely vulnerable um, mm. to what happened to us during the pandemic, which we're still you know, gonna be recovering from economically for some time. So any investments that we can make in, in homegrown um, industrial and manufacturing sectors, uh, I'm always going to be a fan of. And, and given that now people have a better understanding of the supply chain and a better understanding of how really left out on the ledge we were, um, what better time to, to, to crank up the, um, the manufacturing here? The question is, will Senate pass it? That's always a big question, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it is. Um, who knows exactly? I, I would think that, um, you know, certainly I think this would have a better opportunity than, you know, the massive um, um, Build Back Better or whatever the, yeah. the social program was. I, you know, I, I, I would think this has a better shot. Um, and, and, and I would hope also that 
we see a lot of support from business communities from you know be it the u.s chamber of commerce or, or some of these other large uh, groups that generally lobby the government on behalf of employers and and businesses i would hope that they you know lobby the senate to really pass this bill and to um and, and to get it signed and, and start getting this getting this flowing well you 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 have not podcasted in a little bit but i know new york truck shop truck stop radio does have a podcast with a trucker about the supply and the shortage and point people to that really quick yeah thanks that's um you can just check out newyorktruckstop.com podcast is going to be right there on uh, the web page he's a um he's one of the uh, drivers at the uh, port of new york in new jersey um you know one of the busiest ports uh, in the country um and and he talks about really just how they're treated at the port and and how difficult it is but you know at the same time how important it is and 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 that i think you know going back to what we were talking about earlier with with some of the the trucker protests you know at the end of the day um we all know how important truckers are to the economy um and we we do know that unfortunately they have been treated um pretty poorly um, and 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 this is not a COVID thing. This has been well, well, well before COVID. But I don't um, think they even got COVID uh, hazard pay during COVID, right? Or did they eventually get that? I don't believe so. I think, th- and, and and they're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe the uh, issue of hazard pay during COVID kind of fell by the wayside. There, um, I'm, I'm glad you remembered that because I I. I I'm confident there are workers all across the um, essential spectrum who, um, who who feel rightfully burned by that particular mm. issue. But if New York Truck Stop were to make a statement about this, and I don't know if you guys are or not, um, would you write something online about it to, to try and reach out to these truckers saying this envoy is not the answer? Well, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we... We generally take the um, use your words, reach out to legislators, and you know, you know that you've heard that message how many countless times <laughs> on your truck stop radio. Call your legislative official, explain the situation. Um, you know, trucking is something that it is such a important and wonderful industry, and you never want to be in a situation where a couple of people can really cast a poor light on an entire industry. Um, And so I would ask that the protesters at least be cognizant of that and try to find more diplomatic means of, of reaching their, their goals. Assuming of course the goal is just to have the vaccine mandate for truck drivers crossing the border lifted. Um, which, you know, I'm not really convinced is the case right now, but let's give people the benefit of doubt and say that is the case. Um, I, I think there are other means of, of having that conversation and, and reaching that goal. The U.S. Department of Homeland Security warning this convoy could affect both the Super Bowl or the State of the Union. So uh, that would be insane. But uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. I know a court order, court order was filed. Um, just recent, just a couple, you know, that's breaking news today uh, to remove the protesters. Maybe that'll help 
But man, if you if you stand with common sense in the trucking world, I think they'll listen to you, Zach. So keep speaking out. <laughs> well, I, and I, I would hope so. And, and again, I think that's the point. So you're gonna you're you're going to disrupt the Super Bowl. You're going to disrupt the State of the Union address because the government of Canada said you had to be vaccinated if you cross the border. Like, come on, like, come on, guys. Really? Like, where's the correlation there between those two things? All right. One last thing. Uh, two last things. Harden no, keep him, go. Keep, keep him coming. Keep him coming. Harden go to Philly really quickly. What's your thought on that? I mean, uh, you got to talk a little sports here as well. Well, geez. I mean, I mean, he he follows in a long line of, of people with, with with rather significant beards uh, leaving Brooklyn <laughs> to go to Philadelphia. Uh, at least during the last couple of years. Um, I, I I think that. First of all, from from the Nets' perspective, uh, my gosh, how that imploded! You know, what a what a I, 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 disaster is too strong a word, but but what a unsuccessful experiment that was! Yeah. Uh, you know, between the big three. Uh, from Philly's perspective, you know, it, it's it's funny. It I, I thought that Simmons handled the entire thing wrong, the entire thing. And yet he got exactly what he wanted out of that. Um, and that is something that kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth, you know, because it's like and and, and, and I'm not saying they didn't need to get a divorce. Um, I, you know, I get it. I, I, I get that that was a brutal situation for him. But but just like the way he went about it and for it to have worked out perfectly, you know, I don't I don't love that. Uh, and then the same thing. So what now that that's two teams that Harden quit on mm-hmm. in the last what year and a half? That's it's right. like, come on, man! You're you're a Hall of Fame player, and and you're, and you're quitting on teams. It's just, it's it, I, I'm I'm at least glad that you know they traded their troubles for each other. <laughs> um, that's nice, but like, it, it it just it's it's frustrating, you know, to see some of the mentality here. Fun tidbit though about the trade: uh, Doc Rivers traded his son-in-law. In this deal. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that Curry. is crazy. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then one of the, yeah, I saw that. And it's Seth Curry coming to the Nets. We'll see how that goes. Um, the the Super Bowl, got to end on that note. Who are you going for? So I think that in terms of winning, I, I can see the Rams winning a close game. But that Cincinnati team is just, they are so feisty. Uh, Burrow is just a, a superstar. Um, I, 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 oh, and 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 the thing about Cincinnati is there really is no bad outcome for them. Um, you know, we're talking about a franchise that was down in the dumps for so. Long. I, I know they had a night. I know. I know. You know, with Lewis, they the record was okay, but you know they never won a playoff game. Uh, before Lewis got there, they were just an atrocious franchise. Uh, in the 90s, you know, after their last Super Bowl run. Um, so it, it, it's so wonderful for them to have made the game. And if they lose, eh, whatever, you know, you have a stud quarterback, you, you made a deep run, kudos for making a Super Bowl. And if they win, they, you know, they, they win, you're champions. So you all, a team like that, a team that like um, gets to play loose and fun and there's no bad outcome for them, that's feisty with a stud quarterback, they're dangerous. 
Yeah. So, so Cincinnati is a very dangerous team in this game. Um, I will tell you that um, with the line being, you know, L.A. by four, I think I'm probably going to take Cincinnati um, with the under getting getting four there. Because, I, again, I, I could see the Rams win in a close game, but I, I think Cincinnati is feisty and could, could keep it close and, and, you know, burrow with the ball late in the game with an opportunity to win it, you know, that's a, that's a dangerous scenario for the Rams. Well, it is, but I think the fact that they have Cooper Cup, I mean, Cooper Cup's one of the biggest weapons they have, and I just, I'm torn, because I think Stafford's been through so much. If he happened to win, that would be special for him. No I, doubt. I agree. So. I agree. And, and, I, and I will say this about the Rams. I love their go-for-it mentality. I love that they put their chips in the table year after year after year. I love that they look to top grade every position throughout the year, every year. I, I think that the, the management is, is so um, forward-thinking. And and they you know they zig when the rest of the league zags and I really respect and appreciate that and, and I agree with you I think in terms of team building in terms of some of the players on that team uh, they really do deserve to win a Super Bowl but you know that this is sports as you know it, it doesn't always go that way well the ball will bounce a certain way and who knows maybe we'll have another half half yard stand uh, this year to win it in their own home like they did in. Uh, in uh, what ninety eight ninety nine? That's just crazy. Oh uh, gosh, yeah, the ni- ninety nine, yeah, absolutely crazy. All right, uh, Zach, I know you got to run, and I appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And uh, NewYorkTruckStop.com, look out for that interview, and look out for more information on what's going on with the Envoy. As Zach's very passionate about it, as you could tell. <laughs> uh, thanks, Alex. Take care. I'm Alex Garrett, where we're always adapting.